Well, welcome to this episode. And we're going to take a little bit of a different take on this. Right, Lisa? Yes. So yes. <laughs> I ended up recording our pep conversation. Yes, unbeknownst to me. Yeah, unbeknownst <laughs> to Lisa. And when we listened to it, though, it turns out, wow, you know, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. We thought it would be fun to kind of show you how we put these together. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of the research, but then we kind of have this conversation beforehand. And a lot of times Bridget and I are like, oh, we should have just recorded that right. because we get into what I think is an interesting conversation. Right. Well, there's a phone. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll do this later. <laughs> okay. So anyway, you're already in the behind the scenes. Um, so again, we hope that you enjoyed this episode of Friends and Followers on St. Ignatius. All right, that's done. Let me go back to this. Okay, so who are we talking about? Okay, so St. Ignatius of Loyola, I just picked him because he's another saint that she followed. Okay. So at the beginning, I thought we would just kind of go over him a little bit because I do think he has an interesting little bit of a history very quickly. But then you see halfway down the page, I'm like, how are they the same? So again, it's that whole premise of she kind of followed people, followed saints that were similar to her. Okay. You know, and they both lost their mothers at a young age. They both, he recommits to the church. She joins the church at the age of 30. Um, okay. He liked to dress up to go to balls and had a social life as a young adult. So did she. Um, both underwent conversions due to illnesses it's because he had shattered his leg and was kind of laid up. Um, and so he's were, from a different century. Yeah, he's from the 1500s. The 1500s. Okay. But so, it, so how did this? How does she know about him? How does she? Know I think him? the Felikis. The Felikis. I mean, I can't find. So there was like sure. a book or something. Well, um, the lives of saints. Oh, I so he was a saint by the time. Oh yeah. The... He became a saint pretty quickly. Oh wow. In here. Yeah, okay. 1622. Okay. So I think the the other thing is is that he he wrote books on meditating and spiritual life and the principles of spiritual life. And so, um, and even St. Vincent looked to him. So they kind of had that same, yeah, because he doesn't become a saint. He lives in 1633. He becomes a saint in 16, when I say 1622. Oh, wow. So um, they, even St. Vincent looked to him for that whole idea of doing spiritual exercises and things mm -hmm. like that. So then I kind of give some examples of things that he said and she said that are very similar. Also, he formed the Jesuits, which... Which the Jesuits were here in early right. American history, if yeah. you want to say. She was surrounded well, by Jesuits. When, yeah, especially <laughs> America, when, right. when Lord Baltimore came in, what, 1637, 39, on two boats, <laughs> um, and they landed in St. Mary's. And it was the Jesuits. And okay. yeah. one of the things that Bishop Carroll taught her, which is based on a Jesuit tradition from St. Ignatius, is that you're going to have those periods of spiritual dryness and uncertainty and seasons of prayer. Spiritual dryness. Yeah. When you're doubting and you just feel like there's no, like, where is God? Oh, wow. I'm not getting, I'm not feeling that spiritual high. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, I'm. So did, so did Elizabeth write that? Well, well, she wrote about that sometimes. I totally, she missed, 
I'm just saying, like, I think I totally overlooked that. Oh, she would write about that, and then Bishop Carroll talked to her about that, and that there would be these times when you would have that spiritual dryness. And, of course, they found their order on his feast day. So it's like he just keeps in her life, like he's just around. So then I kind of go through, like, her last writings where she talks about him. But he wrote this, well, he was considered to write this prayer Mm -hmm. called Anima Christi. I think I'm saying that right, Anna mm-hmm. Christie. Yeah. Um, that she would eventually rewrite her own version of. We see it in Elizabeth's writings. We see this prayer, this mm-hmm. Anna Christie prayer. Rebecca using it when she's dying. Anna Maria using it when she's dying. Elizabeth asks for it to be said with Sister Xavier when she's dying. Okay. And then I talk about the. And did, but does she really? Does she credit it to? Ignatius on like she brings him up on some occasions, but then there's okay. they're saying it like exactly what he said, so it's oh, okay. definitely that prayer. So you, it's easy to track that. Well, yeah. So then the thing is, the side note is there on the second last page is that people credit him for writing it, but now more people are thinking that it was more likely Pope John the Twenty Second that wrote it, and he kind of Ignatius kind of wrote his own version. So okay, so where is Pope? Pope what John, is he in? Second, uh, yeah, I actually didn't look it up. Okay. He's before him. I can look that up real quick. But um, I know he's before Ignatius, I'm pretty sure. But the interesting thing is then Elizabeth goes on to write her own version of it. Mm-hmm. So I was going to read like the first four lines of his and the first four lines of hers, and you can see how they're similar. Okay. So, And then I just, that was kind of where I was going to end it, except to say that James Roosevelt Bailey, her nephew, who we already talked about, he um, was baptized and came, well, he was confirmed into the church in St. Ignatius's home in Rome. Wow. So it's like St. Ignatius just keeps coming back into the seat in life and all that. Wow. But then, because I didn't really focus on Rebecca like I thought I was going to, I thought we could mention that her feast day is coming up on November 3rd, 207 years since she died. No, 205 years since she died. Yeah, Rebecca. And then maybe just read that little quote that um, Elizabeth wrote at her baptism. Okay. That's neat. Just kind of give a little shout out yeah. to the background. Yeah. That's neat. I guess it's just like what's fascinating for me right now just it's like the time line of where everybody is looking to people and they're not that far apart. So you're saying Saint Inakius is fifteen hundreds. Then we got Vincent in 1600s. Then we got Elizabeth in late 1700s or early 1800s. Right. And it, and then of course now you mentioned a pope. So it's like where did that pope and know, how right. it all I just circles around? Like even like today, it just sort of again it just how we continue to look at people and and build up our own knowledge to sense of self. Of the people that had been, you know, centuries ago. Yeah. Well, and it's like people think that. I don't know. Did that make sense? Yeah, I mean, people think you're far apart, but you're not really that far apart. Like, they think people from the 1800s are so long ago. But then when you think, like we've talked about it, like I remember my great grandmother who was born in 1902. Mm-hmm. She remembered her grandmother who was born in 1826. It's like, or like um, Fernand Germans dying in 1968. Yeah. Like he was the great grandson of Elizabeth. 
and essentially they're almost 200 years apart because she was born in 1774. Yeah. And it was just a great grandmother, you know, or my great grandmother was just 100 years away. Yeah. So when you start making these connections, like who's the yeah. oldest person and then you what, remember? Oh, okay, perfect. Born? And when you think you think that oh, it was so long ago, but then when you really put the whole context together, it's like wow. Like they're really not that many years apart. It really, yeah, it was hundreds of years ago, centuries of years ago, but at the same time, they're still just as present today right. than they were in the 1500s. Right. That's what's astounding. Yeah. So, like, a little bit is just as much present today as she was 200 years ago. I think more so, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the more we open her up, mm -hmm. the more she's relatable to today. Yeah. You know? And I think you're thinking it because you're in it, like you're doing her timeline, mm -hmm. you know, and you want to be, I mean, because that museum could not change. The wording and everything that you guys are putting up may not change for another 20 years. Yeah, if that. but, <laughs> but and, and even though we're working on a new exhibit panel, like the work that we're doing, I'm finding that the words aren't changing that much still. Like you can't change that history. All you do is just renew it. And that's really what we're doing. It's like we're not changing anything. Well, we're just like it. It's like getting a whole big situation down to 70 words. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the challenge. Exactly. It's like how to paint the whole picture down into 70. I mean, which is the same thing with the podcast. It's like we're trying to keep it to, what, 30 minutes and trying to give you the whole picture, but we can't yeah. delve into anything. So just getting to the point. Okay, so, um, so what do you think the hook is? Like what is, well, I mean, is it more just, just like the, the prayer? I, yeah, I mean, to me, I think we're just giving the people that follow her an insight into who she followed, like who was important to her. Mm -hmm. And I think this this prayer, this Anna Maria prayer, Anna Ma prayer, I know that that's Yeah, no, it's okay. okay. Um, well, I, I, I see what you're saying. So it's St. Ignatius Anima Christi, the soul of Christ sanctify me, body of Christ save me, blood of Christ liberate me. And then Elizabeth is saying, Soul of Jesus sanctified me, blood of Jesus washed me, passion of Jesus comfort me, wounds of Jesus hide me, heart of Jesus receive me, spirit of Jesus and live in me. I mean, and that's just like, I don't know, it's kind of like powerful though. Yeah, I mean, she so, took her own version of it and now a lot of people prefer her version to his version. Well, it's, it's much more deeper. And again, it's that, I think it's just going back to that, um, her spiritual maturity, her perspective is just so unique and almost rare that she takes even another saint's words, supposedly, or even Pope, as you're saying now, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's even to bring it even to another level deeper. Right. And I think that's also, yeah, and I think that's, that's the point. I think that's okay to do, like you could take take things you study, prayers you study, and make them your own. Okay, so this is going back to what your point is, is the spiritual exercise. Yeah. So that's your exercise. You take something, and then you really you work it, it and you meditate it, it, and yeah. to where it fits you. We're not, right. we're not called to memorize these exact words and this is it. Like you take what that is and just speak about it, what, what speaks well for you. Right. And adding on to it, right? right? Right, which again, I'm thinking that takes you back to St. Teresa of Avila, where you're making that inside you, you're growing that closeness with God mm -hmm. inside you because you're making it fit to you. Yeah. So, so then it goes to, again, the roles of saints. 
Yeah. They're just here to guide us. Right. Okay. Which is what we're focused on this month here at the shrine. Right, right. <laughs> and coming okay. up on All Saints Day. Okay. So Becca said yesterday they're going to try to have a mass out there. Yeah, apparently they're an outdoor mass. In the cemetery. Oh, I don't know. No, I guess. Well, I mean, it makes sense with the mortuary chapel. Right, but are they so gonna... I don't even know what day it's on. Let's well, look it up. It should be the first. Which one's first? All Saints or All Souls? I thought they were almost hand in hand. They're day apart. Oh, <laughs> My bad. I just can't remember which one's which. I mean, they just have... Okay, so November 1st is All Saints with the Mass at 1.30. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to this behind the scenes episode. Um, you did catch us in very raw moments of how we try to do our research and collectively put our thoughts together to find that angle and hook for you to enjoy the episode. Yes. And so just to clarify, <laughs> the All Souls Mass here at the Shrine is at 1.30 on November 2nd. And we are hoping to have it in the cemetery. So, uh, weather permitting. Weather permitting. Yeah. So, and on October thirty first, Sunday, is the All Saints Mass at one thirty in the Basilica as normal. There's nothing additional other than that. It's well, it's for the All Saints for your for to recognize November first. Right. But we're holding exactly. it on Sunday. On Sunday. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And last Thanks. day of Back from the Dead. Yeah. So big day. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> so what we would like to end with this time is um, to have you join us in prayer. We would like to read Elizabeth Ann Seton's um, version of St. Ignatius's Anima Christi. Okay. Okay. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Soul of Jesus, sanctify me. Blood of Jesus, wash me. Passion of Jesus, comfort me. Wounds of Jesus, hide me. Heart of Jesus, receive me. Spirit of Jesus, enliven me. Goodness of Jesus, pardon me. Beauty of Jesus, draw me. Humility of Jesus, humble me. Peace of Jesus, pacify me. Love of Jesus, inflame me. Kingdom of Jesus, come to me. Grace of Jesus, replenish me. Mercy of Jesus, pity me. Sanctity of Jesus, sanctify me. Purity of Jesus, purify me. Cross of Jesus, support me. Nails of Jesus, hold me. Mouth of Jesus, bless me in life, in death, in time, and in eternity. Amen. <laughs>